Welcome everyone to a special edition of Let's Run.com's Track Talk. Um, Let's Run.com founder Weldon Johnson joined by uh, crack staff writer Jonathan Galt for what we're calling the preview of Super Sunday, where it's a bit remote, but conceivably all four world records in the half marathon, men's and women's half and men's and, men's and women's full world records could fall at the Berlin Marathon and the Copenhagen Half Marathon. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Weldon. I just want to begin with a question. Um, have we ever not had a special edition of the Track Talk podcast? I feel like every time we introduce this thing, it's a special edition for some reason or another. It, that's the beauty, John, of not having a set schedule. Every edition is special. This one? Actually, we're not broadcasting live, which might be a special thing, and I'm broadcasting from a co-working space, so I'm <laughs> trying not to yell too much, but with our new mics, hopefully the audio is great. Um, Copenhagen's going to be great, and that race is actually after Berlin, or it'll start actually right when Berlin's finishing. It's at 11.15 European time, but you know the main attention is going to be on Berlin, so let's, let's start there, John. You know, we got... Exclusive news breaking late today that Jernish Dababa may be targeting Paula Radcliffe's world record, but we can get to that in a second. If Elliot Kipchoge is in the race, the focus is on him, and Elliot Kipchoge is in this race, and what does that mean to you, John? Uh, it just means it's a special occasion. I mean, this guy is the greatest marathoner we've ever seen. Uh, I feel like more and more you get a sense that there's just there's an aura around this guy that people view him differently i mean there was a promotional video that came out i think nn running which is one of his sponsors you know posted on twitter it's got kipchoge just sort of doing some you know pretty basic training stuff it is uh training base in captagat but they've got this dramatic music playing in the background they've got him you know he spreads his peanut butter onto a piece of bread with a spoon and people you know i'm just like People are probably freaking out about this. They're like, oh, wait, this maybe I need to start doing this. I mean, it just, I feel like he's taken on, on this like epic place in the running uh, universe right now. And I think what, what I hope would happen, and I don't know if this is actually happening, but I feel like this is a guy who mainstream sports fans can maybe start appreciating just how brilliant he is. You know, he's won eight straight marathons, he's won nine of 10. And then that doesn't even count his, uh, you know, two hours, 25 second, 26.2 mile, whatever you want to call it, race marketing event um, in Monza last year. I mean, the, the guy's leg- the guy's accomplishments are legendary. And, you know, I just saw today, they, the New York Times has a story on him asking if he's the greatest runner ever. And I think, you know, I, that, that's one of the interesting things to me, actually, is like, if he continues on this path for a few more years, when do we stop having the greatest marathon ever discussion about Kipchoge and when does it just become greatest runner ever period because you know he doesn't quite have the track credentials to uh stack up against Bekele or Gebra Selassie but I mean he did beat Bekele in 2003 Worlds so he's a world champion on the track but you know when does the magnitude of what he's accomplished on the roads just sort of outweigh everything else you know on the track and, and 
you know, maybe this is a discussion for another day, but that's, that to me is interesting is like, even if he, you know, he's already the best marathoner ever. I think most people admit this, though there's, you know, a bit of an argument on the let's run message boards at the moment. Of course there is. Um, but yeah, how, how long can he keep doing this? He's 33 years old, um, turns 34, I think in a month or two. Uh, and we've already, we've never seen someone stay on top this long in the marathon. So every time he wins, it's just more history, but uh, yeah, I mean, how long do you think he can keep it going? Well, then. Uh, well, it's crazy that he's only 33 because, you know, he's been on top since, I mean, or at the top since what, 2003 worlds. And we've seen him there. So we know he's been there for 15 years and <laughs> he beat El Garouche and Bekele in, in, in that one. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's pretty amazing. Um, he shows no signs of slowing down. So even if his age is off a couple years, Wilson Kipsang's older than him and he's still doing pretty well. So, uh, you know, I think Tokyo 2020 is something that's getting closer, you know, every day and it's less than two years out. So I think uh, for sure he can still be, you know, near the top of this game then. And, you know, you, you, you talk to his agent and it sounds like from everything coming out of their camp, they say he's getting better you know, week in, week out, that he's not a lesser version of what he was a year ago, two years ago, which is simply amazing. Yeah, I mean, and that one, you always go sort of take that. I mean, Valentine Trow, his agent, has always been pretty forthcoming and honest with me, but you always have to take that sort of with a grain of salt just because we only, we only get to see this guy test his fitness twice a year, you know? So it's kind of hard to tell, like, you know, what... And especially like the different conditions he ran 203.32 last year in the rain in berlin how is that what is that worth compared to you know his 204 in london this year in the heat when he went out you know in 422 for the first mile and 1348 for the first 5k and you know 61 flat and then what is that worth compared to his two hours 25 and this you know crazy illegal pacing you know drifting drafting formation that he ran in monza i mean is is which which one is superior it's kind of impossible to say right so you know but what we do know is this guy keeps winning he's had some competition at least in his last two marathons you know guy Adolo was leading with inside the final five kilometers in berlin last year and you know uh shura katata gave him a run for his money in london this year before you know, Kipchoge uh, dropped him late in the race. So, you know, people have at least his last couple of races, there have been people close to him, but he's still, he's still the question number one. And I think, you know, the big question this weekend is, does he get the world record? I mean, I feel like there, there isn't a lot of deserve in our sport. It's sort of just who comes out and does it on the day. That's the results are what, you know, they say they are. But I think a lot of people sort of feel with all that he's accomplished in the marathon and, you know, just how, how consistently brilliant he's been that Kipchoge kind of deserves this record. And, you know, it would be kind of a shame. Like, like you know, the guy who holds it right now is Dennis Kamedo. And Dennis Kamedo ran, ran a couple of great marathons in his career. You know, he has the course record in Chicago. He has the world record in Berlin. But, you know, his resume pales in comparison to Kipchoge. And for Kamedo to be the world record holder when you know you've had just this amazing career like Kipchoge, it, just, it feels a little weird. Yeah, I think, you know, if if the end result on Sunday is Kipchoge wins in 203.40, I think 
a lot of people will just be like, huh, whatever. Um, it's all about getting the 20257, which I don't know if that's unfair to him or, you know, I mean, Wilson Kipsang is also in this race and we got an email from, I don't know if you know the, the uh, visitor's name, but he was essentially saying if Kipsang wins this race, he, he'd have a good argument or if he breaks the record and wins the race for being the greatest marathoner of all time. But I think from, it would be a huge, huge upset for him to beat Kipchoge. Kipchoge, yeah. Kipchoge, what, eight in a row are we at now? Yep. So, uh, you know, I think, w- w- let's put it out there, the 202.57, what's the weather looking like, sort of the pacing, I think, is very important, how you, how you go about that record. But I don't know, how, how, how do you think you should attack it? Yeah, I mean, I I think the, the weather looks good, first of all. Um, I think... Earlier in the week, it looked like I think the high is supposed to be seventy, but it's not. That's not going to happen until the afternoon during the race. It's going to be probably between about fifty-eight and sixty-four or so, which is it's a little more than ideal, but it's it's good. Kipchoge is good enough to overcome that, I think, and not a lot of wind. The, the way I would do it, I mean, I think he wanted to go out in sixty-one flat in London earlier this year, and they did that despite the weather, like even with it being super hot. I mean, even if it's perfect conditions, if your goal is to break the world record you know, I don't think you should be going out that fast. I think Kipchoge, could he run Could he run 202 under perfect conditions at his peak fitness? I think he probably could. I think that his effort in Monza, me to me personally, that's the most impressive 26.2 miles he's ever run. And that was probably worth like around 202 flat, maybe under. But if you're going to try and break the world record in Berlin, I mean... I don't know. I would think maybe go out, maybe a little, I wouldn't go out any faster than 61.15. I would think go out a bit ahead of the world record pace if you're feeling good, bank some time. If not, I mean, and also you've got the rabbits with you. So that makes, that's easier, you know, run a little faster with the rabbits. And then if you slow down, you've, you're giving yourself, you know, a cushion there. But I think faster than 61.15, you know, it's just, it's, it's such a fine margin what time you end up running and i just i feel like you don't want to risk going out too hard so that's my person my personal opinion would be go out somewhere between 61:15 and 61:30, and just trust that you're fit enough to hold on the second half yeah i really hope they get the pacing right and you know the idea of banking time on the world record all the science suggests that backfires it doesn't work that's you know you want to be pretty even split or slightly negative split and they almost never do that when they try to attack it mm-hmm. um and you know one in the pacing's crazy they need to get guys like better gps or the stride watches and have them just set right on that pace and not deviate i think with technology and people allowed to wear you know devices like that there's no reason that they should be off more than i don't know five seconds the first mile and go from there yeah yeah, London's funny because well, it's the first five k's downhill, so they all get excited. They're all ready to f- run fast, and they just end up going super fast. You almost need like a a four hundred meter ru- runner to r- to pace the pacemakers and just make sure that they don't go crazy, and then you know have everyone else follow. But uh, you brought up the Kipsang email, which I thought was an interesting one. It was from a visitor called uh, Clay Lloyd, and he was essentially he was a little upset that we didn't give Kipsang his due in the preview. And it, I mean, first of all. The article I wrote on Kipchoge, it wasn't 
really a traditional race preview. It was more of like a look at the world record in Kipchoge himself. You know, our, our traditional race previews, we look at all the contenders. And this wasn't really, that wasn't really the intention of this article. But yeah, his point was like Kipchoge, Kip Sang's almost as good as Kipchoge. He's like, has almost as good a chance to win. And, you know, I, I disagree with that. I just think Kipchoge. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Kipchoge has beaten him the last three times. Kip Sang did beat him. He's the only person who's ever beaten Kipchoge in a, in a marathon. He beat him in Berlin in 2013. But he's pointing out, like, he's using Tokyo in 2017 as, like, this great reference point. Of, like, oh, he's really fought, fit and, you know, he could run a really good marathon. It's like, well, yeah, Tokyo, that was, like, you know, 16 months ago, something like that. And that was one race since then he's gone to Berlin. He dropped out. He dropped out of Tokyo earlier this year when he was trying to run fast. He did get second in New York last year, but Kipchoge is just win, 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 win. And they're all, you know, they're usually quite fast. Um, you know, he ran two or three in Berlin last year in conditions that were not ideal. So, I mean, the, the more interesting question he posed though, was, you know, do the thought experiment where Kip Sang beats Kipchoge this weekend. And he breaks the world record. You know, does Kip Sang have a, a, a case as the greatest of all time? And I think he, he does actually have a case. That is, the, that is true because right now, Kip Sang has five world marathon major victories. He has four sub 204s, um, which is the most all time. He's a former world record holder. He's got 203.13 PB. Well, give him a win in Berlin this weekend in the world record. That means he has six world marathon majors wins. It brings his career record against Kipchoge to two and three, which is two more victories than everyone else in the entire world. Uh, it would give him five sub 204s. It would give him it make him a multi-time world record holder. I mean, to me, that's that's still not enough to just Kipchoge's run of dominance from 2014 to the present and his Olympic title and his, you know, I, I give him credit for Monza as well. All of that is still better than what Kip Sang's accomplished, even if Kip Sang gets the world record again. Because I think the Kip's, the world record can just be kind of fluky, right? Like, yeah. it's a, but you it need would... to be in great shape and have good conditions and get it done on that day, you know? But I, I think it's, it's an interesting case to be made, at least, for Kip Sang. Yeah, for sure. And it would, I think Kip Sang would get, you know, we're saying that Kip Shoge doesn't get a lot of uh, recognition. Kip Shoge, you know, he gets, he gets some. But Kip Sang has almost none. And if he were to be beat Kipchoge and the two times he beats him, he breaks the world record, it would be sort of epic, right? Like mm -hmm. Kipchoge would have lost two marathons in his life. Oh, yeah, the guy set the world record. The same guy did in both of them. I mean, it would just sort of be such a great conversation. But, you know, Kip Sang's 36, as you said. Yeah, I don't know. He was pretty good in the fall last year, but you know, last year even in Berlin, it was really weird. He was just right there, and he just stepped off the track. Yeah, it was so odd. I still don't understand that. Um, you know, if you guys weren't watching, he was with um, the leaders and Kipchoge right there at was it twenty five k or thirty k? He was thirty k. Yeah, and just they hit the mark, and he just stepped aside the track, stopped the road, and stopped, and he did come back and get second in New York. So. Chody was fit, so I don't know if it was a mental thing or what, but it should be epic. Um, I guess we can kind of we got we got the women's races and we got these halves to talk about, but you know we can get to predictions at the end. There's a couple other guys in the field who you think could challenge if things don't go right, or you know how else do you see this? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if these if these if Kipchoge or Kip Sang runs their best race, they're not losing uh, to one of the other guys. Like the only other the only guy who beat could beat them is the other one. But you know, you've got three other two hundred five guys. Uh, Elliot Kipchoge from Kenya. He was second to Kipchoge in uh, in Berlin in twenty fifteen, but he hasn't broken two hundred seven since then. Uh, and then you've got two guys who ran PRs um, earlier this year, uh, Amos Kipruto, who's 205.43, and then Abera Kuma of Ethiopia, who's run 205.50. I mean, those guys, they could be in line for PRs, but um, I just feel like to, to say that they would beat Kipchoge or Kipsang, uh, they would, I think something would have to go wrong, most likely. Yep, that makes sense. And I'm, I'm skimming the uh, New York Times piece here by Scott Kakolia. Is that how you say it, John? Basketball K- writer. Kakiola. I'm not enti- I'm, I don't know exactly how it's pronounced, I'm afraid. That's the problem with these writers, you know, they're never on TV, so you never hear their names. It's a great article. Um, Patrick Sang's mother was Eli Kipchoge's teacher, finding out all these things. Um, I think I got that right, or maybe Kip- Kipchoge's. Anyway, it's got a lot of details in here, and um just one you get an impression of how much Kipchoge just loves running when I run I feel good my mind feels good I sleep in a free way and I enjoy life I mean this guy is like the ultimate runner and you know I I think breaking too hopefully got him some exposure to some some new people out there at least sort of even the casual running sports fan who may not watch Berlin unless you break the world record and not hear about it um do you think Hopefully Kevin can... Hart remembers his name? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's what doomed him, right? When Kevin Hart said he's he's getting the world record. This is actually when he <laughs> totally fell off. Um, and hopefully you guys also have checked out the let's run.com running pro salary survey. <laughs> they say Kipchoge makes, you know, or Galen Hart makes about 50% more than Eli Kipchoge, which is crazy. But also that Kipchoge makes less than Bekele in his peak. Shouldn't be the case, but um, it should be a great one on Sunday. But let's let's turn to the women's field, and we've got four women under 220 in the field, yet we have a huge, huge favorite as well in that race, Chernish Tababa. Yeah, um, and it's interesting. You know, I was talking with you and uh, Let's Run co-founder Robert Johnson this afternoon. We were sort of figuring out what we were going to do for this uh, this. Uh, podcast and i was like hmm, i'm kind of curious why debob is running berlin you know she's the defending champion in chicago and in world marathon majors the, the champ usually defends you know you get a pretty nice payday from the organizers to have the defending champion come back and so i called up her agent mark wetmore and he basically told me like yeah you know she had a great time in chicago last year she really liked the race that's her only that's her only marathon victory actually is in chicago um but you know, she wanted to test herself on Berlin. And she said that Haile Gabriel-Selassie told her, you know, this is the place to run fast. And Geb would know because he uh, broke the world record on that course twice. They both, they have pretty similar track resumes, actually. They're both, you know, two of the best ever um, on the track. And I think essentially she was looking at the calendar. She wants to do the Olympics in 2020 next year. You know, she might try to do the world championships, um, which would be like right around the same time as Berlin. She's not entirely sure. So she kind of figured like, you know, this is the time. If I'm going to try to run, she, you know, she wants to see what her fastest possible race is. And 
she thinks she could get close to the world record so she's like now is now is the time to go for it so that's what she's doing uh she went more said that uh, you know, she wants to go out close to the world, basically wants to go back, on, go out on world record pace or maybe a little bit behind so she can try to negative split it. Uh, and she's going to have one male pacer. I don't think, I don't think anyone else in this field is good enough to try to follow. I think if you're trying to run, you know, 68 minutes for the first half of the race or, or faster, I just don't think anyone else is good enough to do it. And we saw it in London earlier this year when um, DeBarba and, uh, Mary Katani were the only two to go. You know, you had a studly field, so many good runners, Vivian Chariot in there uh, as well. None of them decided to go with those two because it was just too fast. And it ultimately was too fast for both of them as well. The good news is, uh, I think this time it feels like Debaba is the one sort of dictating it. Like in the past, it was Katani's going to try to go for the world record. And, you know, Debaba is someone who had run 217 in London last in 2017. She's sort of, I think, I got the sense at least that she sort of felt like she had to go with it. You know, she had to, the year before she'd been caught by surprise and what runners, when they're this good, they don't want to lose to anyone. You know, I remember hearing about Bekele. It's like, no matter what kind of shape Bekele was in, he was just going to go with the leaders in a marathon because like he's Bekele. And that's just like, he's not going to let other people drop in. You saw it with Mo Farah earlier this year in London as well. And so, you know, I, I think Debarbo just sort of felt like she had to go with it, even though, you know, it didn't end up working. She was off the pace by 10 miles. She dropped out of the race. This time around, she's the one who's uh, dictating it. She's the one who's putting the goal out there to run really, really fast. Um, so I think that helps having that comfort level. And then, you know, having the male pacer as well will help. Uh, I think she could be in for something really, really fast. As we already said, the conditions are good. Uh, I don't, th- I mean, I don't think she's going to get the world record to 15, 25 is just a, r- a ridiculous time and no one's come close to it. But I think a couple of things working in Debarba's favor. One, when she ran to 1756 in London last year, uh, she did that while costing herself like at least 20 seconds by like stopping a dry heave um, with a couple miles to go, you know, so assuming she has no fueling problems, you could knock off some time right there. And then, you know, say she's in a little bit better shape. You know, maybe she could, maybe she could go to sub two seventeen. I, I wouldn't be like totally shocked by that, but like, I don't know. The world record itself is it's just so fast. But I guess the one other thing I will say is like, sometimes in women's running, we just see these these performances that you they go so much faster than you ever thought possible. And like Ayana at the twenty sixteen Olympics, the world record was twenty nine thirty one. No one was talking about it, and then she comes in and runs twenty nine seventeen. Beatrice Chipkowicz in Monaco this year, world record is. 8.52, she comes in and runs 8.44. So like sometimes there are just these things that happen and a time that you have no context for and they, it comes out and someone runs it. So maybe that could happen, but I guess I'm betting against it. Yeah, and you, you know, you're saying one of the best track runners. I think she's the best track runner ever, yeah, right? I would give her that title for sure. And, you know, if she could get the world record in the marathon it'd be incredible i mean last week at the fifth avenue mile i saw olympic course measurer guru whatever you want to call him david katz and he's going to be um i think in copenhagen and he, he was you know saying he's like oh all three all three world records could go he wasn't even you know mentioning the possibility of the women's because paula rack was 215 25 is just so out there and it, it's what been on the books 15 years now Mm-hmm. So no one even thinks about it, but 
this new generation, I mean, it's not a new generation of runners, but sort of there's a new outlook with the African talent and they're not afraid to sort of go out there ridiculously fast paces and, you know, at least run that pace for part of the race. So, you know, as in London, we showed they went too fast. The key is to do it smart. And it sounds like Tiernish was, she's been very calculated in targeting these races, giving up the London sort of, you know, not payday, but the, you're going to get more of an appearance if you go back to defend your title. So she clearly thinks she can do something special on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I mean, you've got some good women behind her. You know, Gladys Torono is the defending champion. She's run, she's won Berlin twice. She's run 219.25. Um, Sarah Felich Mergia, you know, has also run under 220, um, though she hasn't been in quite as consistently great form recently. And then you got Edna Kiplagat. It's kind of... <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy to me that Edna is deciding to run this race. Um, you know, she's she's excelled in sort of champion. Not that she's a slow runner by any means. You know, she's run two nineteen fifty, albeit that's from twenty twelve. But you know, she's excelled in championship races. She was silver at Worlds last year. She won Boston. Uh, she's won the world title twice. Um, it just feels like to me, and she's also she's thirty eight years old. She turns thirty nine in November. To me it feels like at this point in her career, it would make more sense to do a race like New York. Um, even with, you know, Mary Katani's very good and she'll be in that field most likely, but for Edna Kiplagat to win this race, she's going to have to run probably, you know, depending, assuming Debar, if Debarba runs like 216, obviously she has no chance, but if Debarba is sort of close to the pack, it would still probably take like a 219 low to win this race. And even in her prime, uh, Kiplagat wasn't able to run faster than 219.50. So it's interesting to me that she's trying to do this, but she also, this is her, she's run all the majors and she's finished in top three in all the majors except for Berlin. So it's kind of interesting. She's just giving this one a shot. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. She, she's doing it because uh, she's not a speed runner. She's 38, 36. 38. And yeah, and you know, I don't know. Berlin, I feel like you can get exposed if you're three minutes behind somebody. But good for her. Maybe she, you know, maybe there's some you know thing with all the majors that we don't know about that she wants to do, or just personal pride at this point. And you know, she needs a good one. She was tremendous last year. She was almost world number one. Um. So interesting, John. Someone just randomly called in on the podcast. I'm glad they hung up. I didn't know anyone else had this thing, but well then. <laughs> It, it was a local number. They, they dialed the wrong number. Um, let's do Berlin predictions, and then we'll get to Copenhagen. So I'll I'll go first for the women. I think Dubai wins it. I don't think she gets the world record. You know, um, there's what there's never been a woman in the two sixteens. Right. If, if, if I'm, you know, we've had a two fifteen twenty five. We've never had a two sixteen. I'm gonna be generous. I'm gonna give her two sixteen twenty. We'll, we'll do two sixteen twenty six. Um, on the men's side, what's the weather again, John? Uh, it's gonna be high fifties, low sixties. Um, wind, I think, around five miles an hour. Um, partly cloudy. So that's perfect weather. I love Pretty sort of close to it, against. Yeah. You know, I like to be against the grain and predict not the world record, but I think actually he will get it if that's the weather. I'm gonna go. 
2.0. I mean, how fast does he go out? I don't know. Let's go 2.02.38. All right. My predictions. Uh, oh, man. I mean, I really – I do think they could both run really fast, but I always err on the side of – just something could go wrong, you know. There could be some weird thing that happened. I, I think I'll yeah, say Debaba. Debaba, I mean, Debaba. Voting, I voted against the record, and now I'm saying publicly he will get the record. Yeah, Debaba. I'm gonna. I'll call like two seventeen thirty. That's still like a, a huge PR and number three all time. Which you know we're making it sound like a disappointment. That'll be an epic marathon if she runs it. But I just, I don't know. I it's really hard to run fast. I wouldn't be surprised by 216 something, 215 something would shock me. Um, Kipchoge, 203.10. I, I think he wins. I think he misses the world record. Um, I, I want to see him get it. And again, the, the weather is perfect. Like, doesn't like, I don't think that's going to be a an excuse or the weather's close to perfect. So I don't think it's going to be an excuse this time, but you need to run a great race too. And he always runs good races. Uh, usually runs great races, but yeah, two or three ten. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know. I always kind of like last year, I didn't think he'd get the record uh, over this week. I didn't think he'd get the record. And somehow now I just said he would, I think cause I got all excited from reading, skimming the New York times profile, but um, let's quickly, you know, turn to Copenhagen. So right when, pretty much right when Berlin finishes, just stay on Lot's run. And uh, we're still finding out there's streaming of this race, but people will be talking about it for sure and giving live updates. The Copenhagen half, half marathon. Um, originally, this was sort of being billed as two world record attempts by men and women. Um, the men's favorite, Eric Kiptanui, has pulled out. So, you know... The, the chance of a world record is drops a little bit because he's, he was the fastest guy in the field on the year, but it's still a tremendous race. And, you know, you've got Abraham Cherubon who's run 58 40. Um, he was second at the world half marathon champions, world half marathon champs. You know, he's in the field. You've got a lot of, on the w- women's side, um, you have Joan Melly sometimes seen as Joan Chalimo. She ran a crazy 65.04 half marathon, um, which is just off, you know, the world record 64.51, and the record just get, keeps getting crushed. It's been broken three times in the last two years. Um, so Joan ran 65.04, going out in 30.14. So if she just gets the pacing right, you think she'd have a good chance. And, you know, there's one, two, three, four, four women under 67 minutes in the field. But both races have really interesting debuts from the Nike Oregon Project. Sifan Hassan and Yomi Kajelka both doing their half marathon debuts. Hassan's run a half before, but you know, never at this level seriously. So these races should be phenomenal. And, you know, it's the women's world records, you know, falling every other day here, it seems like. So that's the one that's most likely to go. The men's record. Um, by Zersene Tedesse, 58-23. It's been around eight years. What what excites you most about this race, John? Of these races? Well, I was I was gonna say Galen Rupp fa- racing these guys, but you know you didn't mention it. Galen Rupp was supposed to run here. He's a scratch. Um, 
you know, he's had some uh, Achilles soreness is what uh, his agent, Ricky Sims, told me was the reason why he scratched. So, th- I mean, th- I think that would have been awesome to see him because, you know, he's always in pretty good shape before the marathons. But, uh, yeah, uh, I would probably say the men's race. Um, just it's so many sub-60 guys. It's just kind of nuts. I'm also... I'm also just a little more interested to see what Kajelcha can do in the half versus uh, Sifan Hassan. I think both of them, you know, I, it's kind of hard. To, they're probably just, this is sort of like when Mo Farah would do the Great North run at the end of the year. It was just sort of like he was already kind of in shape and he would just do that, you know, sort of for fun. Except even, I think these guys are even less prepared to run a a half because they're sort of more focused. You know, Kajelcha's like 3K, 5K. He doesn't run the 10K. Hassan... Apparently Salazar wants to move up to the 5K and 10K, but she's, you know, basically been running the 15-5 the last few years. So that's interesting. But yeah, I think the men just like, you know, even though, you know, Eric Kitanui's not running it, I think get all these fast guys together, see how fast they can run. You know, we could see some sub-59s. Maybe someone has a great day and, you know, gets gets close to the world record or gets the world record. And, you know, there's probably someone we haven't mentioned or someone we're not thinking of that will come out of the woodwork and run something crazy fast because, you know, you were saying that earlier today that that just sort of tends to happen with some of these Kenyans, right? Yeah, no, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, it's sort of doing some research on this race. Uh, I saw some discussion on Let's Run about Eric Kipnui and people were saying they're very disappointed he wasn't running. And I was like, I, I know nothing about this guy. So I started, you know, doing a little research and he's coached by Renato Canova, who post on Let's Run and, you know, two years ago, he's a 1,500-meter runner, sort of, you know, nothing to speak of. And he had no international results in the international database that we look at. And moves up to the half, and next thing you know, he runs 58-42. I mean, it's it's crazy. And says, I'm going to target the world record. The guy's 28 years old. And you think, oh, well, that you know, with all the doping stuff in Kenya, people can be suspicious. But it, it's just amazing at how suited – even if these guys were on drugs, it's still amazing that some guy could do that in two years. I'm not saying he is by any stretch of imagination. Because in looking at other guys in the field, there's a guy, Mingata Niduawa. He's from 59.07 for the half. He's Can 30 years that old. that name? Sorry. I didn't quite get it. <laughs> Mingata Indiwa. N-D-I-W-A. 30 years old. He's a 5K guy, you know, 13.05 in 2009. That's great if you're an American. If you're a Kenyan, that doesn't cut it. He has no results for six years. Um, then he tries to become a 5K runner again in 2016, third in the African champs. Oh, he moves up to the half marathon that last year, 15, oh, this year, excuse me, 59.07, first half. He's in the field. I mean, if a guy like that wouldn't shock me if he could drop a 58.30, he could do just what um, Kip Tanui did. There's another guy, Joru Mokumbo, 58.48 best. I see no results for him until last year, you know, and he, um, he ran 58, 48 last year, first year of really serious professional running. I mean, it's just crazy. I think the half may be like the perfect distance for some of these guys born at altitude, how fast they can run. Um, and you know, it, it, it's just pretty crazy. A lot of these guys will run 59 minutes in the first half, first serious effort. And it's even sicker that some of these guys are doing it like, you know, at, at age 25, 26, 27, uh, you know, I don't know what that means about what's going on in Kenya and stuff, but 
uh, it can't just solely be drugs. There's just tons of guys like this with tons of talent. And I think this distance is perfect for them. Um, but, you know, as people say, people have been going after the men's half marathon record for eight years now, and no one's really come that close. So I think for sure, for me, you know, the record's not going down. It's supposed to be great weather in Copenhagen. Um, I think the weather's going to be in the 50s. There's a chance for rain, but um, weather in the 50s, which is ideal. So uh, I don't know. It should be a great one. And, you know, there's any one of about five guys could do it. Kajelka, it's fascinating, right? I mean, he just ran 12.45 for 5K. And that was – he set up that race. He pushed the race. He hammered in the middle. That's 4.06 per mile. You know, now he's just got to run 4.27 for 13 miles. Easy, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know which is easier. <laughs> but we know he just did the 4.06. But – he can't be entering this race, right? Just to take it easy and, you know, take it out, come in a one-on-one. I mean, if some, if some guy, if, you know, if, if Eric Kiptanui can run a 58, 40, I've never heard of him. Could, could Jelka do better? Yes. Can he get the world record? I guess that conceivably means yes. Does he do it this race? You know, history and logic and says no but i'm really intrigued by him being in here are you thinking he's um, going to go out with the leaders then why else would he be in the race I don't, hassan's not going to go out with the leaders hassan's good they said that she was going to try to run 69 and 70 i mean oh uh, she can get a european record you know um no it doesn't pull pull has the european uh, european records pretty fast right like actually no well lorna she's not even going to get the national record because lorna kiplagat has run I think in the 67s. Uh, so, yeah, actually, I, there's I, an article on the European Athletics website on um, Hassan and what records she can get. I should. Yeah, Lorna Kiplagat's run 66.25, which was it's is the Dutch national record, was the world record at the time it was set. I mean, so Hassan's not Hassan's touching that. Go for that. Mm. No, I, I just I don't think she's I don't think she's going to come close to that. And I mean. Kajelcha, I don't know. I mean, the guy, he just ran 332 for 1500. Like, is he yeah, going to come I mean, out and run like sub 59 for the half? I just don't, I feel like if he does that, that's one of the most impressive things in the history of running to run those two performances like a month and a half apart. You know? Um, I don't know, John. I mean, I, I just, Joycelyn Jipkoske, no one had ever heard of her. She set seven world records in the roads last year, and now she's got the world half marathon record. 6451 and just in my head i think <laughs> sifan hassan is such a better runner than her but <laughs> what these women are doing on the roads now is absolutely astounding um the the mixed race world records fallen three times in two years the open record was broken this year um a woman's only race at the world half by uh netsanet gudetta of ethiopia she was supposed to be in this race but she's pulled out as well so that really puts the focus on um joan chalimo um kind of same thing with her sort of she missed 2015 to have her daughter since then she's come back she's been a whole nother runner 66 25 last year she won the baa 10k john i'm sure that got a lot of attention there with boston herald boston tv 
Oh, it's front page news. Yeah. Um, you know, and then now the 6504 this year in Prague, where she went out in 3014. And you think that's crazy, but I mean, one, the, the, the women's world record's 456 pace, which is probably about a little under 31 minute pace. You're not, it's not that much faster. But uh, when Jipkoske set a world record, she split a 3005. <laughs> so yeah. these women, they've taken it to a new level. Um, and, you know, it's kind of interesting because the American women are very competitive in the marathon, and they're very competitive in the 1500, and they're really not competitive in anything else in between. Um, but Jordan say was supposed to be in this race. It would have been interesting to see what she could have done. You know, she's made for the marathon, but she's been injured now for the last, what, six months. Well, she was injured. Do we know that? I mean, she was injured and had to pull out of Boston, but I haven't heard anything, any status on her health right. or anything. Oh, I think she's healthy. She would have gone and, you know, maybe just the slight hiccup. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of speculation. She won't run Chicago, but. Chicago is less than a month away, October, October 7th, 7th, I believe. Yeah. Yes. So American distance fans uh, get excited. Um, so outside of Joan Melly, there's, you know, a few other runners who are pretty good in this field. Uh, Ruth Chipnagich, Ababel Barani. Yeah, but John, the one I, I told you I'd put you on the spot on this call. We have Mary Wasera. Um, she set the U.S. All-Comers record at the time. It was 66.50 a few years ago at the Houston half. She's won the U- Utica Boilermaker, Boilermaker, you know, the Boston 5K. She was recently third in Falmouth. Um, so she's a name that uh, if you follow Amer- the American road scene, you're familiar with. But, John, does that name do anything else to you? Mary Wasera. Now Mary Wasera Nugugi. Um. No, I mean, I just know her as a, as a, I mean, she would, I think she might've meddled at world half a couple of years ago, but I, that's probably, that's not what you're going to. This was shocking to me, John. Asking me about. This is not a let's run exclusive Show, showing the let's run.com ignorance. Um, she is the widow of Sammy Wenjiru. No, really? Yeah. Yes. What? Thank you. Wikipedia. And thank you. Hold that on. So wait, was she, was she the one? There, there was all this drama about when he died, right? Between the widow and like the mistress and stuff. Like, was she caught up in this? I, I didn't have time to look that up. I was so shocked by that, and I, I just thought it was really cool. And I, I can't believe that somehow we didn't know that. And you know, it just that was one thing doing this podcast with a half. There's just all these names, and Mary Wasser's name is one you know I'm familiar with. She's been around a few years. She's not just a one-off flash in the pan, but uh, let's run. We, we Wait, try to hold on. Now I'm on Wikipedia. It says his wife's name is Teresa and Jerry. Where'd you, where'd you find this out? It says, this is Wikipedia. She is a widow of Sammy Wanjiru and had a daughter with him in 2010. Well, that's not what Sammy's Wikipedia page says. Oh, oh. oh wait, hold on. Ma- no, 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 you're right. She married him. Oh, he had previously married Teresa and Jerry in a traditional ceremony and had two children. Although Wanjiru and Wasera's marriage was legally binding. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's. I think it was a kind of complicated situation. Yeah, but yes, you're, you're right. We will get to the bottom of this next time. Um, 
Wait, hold on. Now it says Wenjiro also had a third wife, Wu Judy Wambui, who was pregnant when he died and has had a son. This, I guess, it's just diff a different culture. Yeah, and some of the stuff was, you know, was there are all these stories tonight he died that he was on drinking and woman problems and you know there needs to be a 30 on 30 on this and maybe in the off season we could look into it more but i just there's so many great stories in our sport um and most of the world barely even knows about Ilya kipchoge so i'm glad to see him getting some do some publicity with the breaking to new york times profile if he could somehow get the world record this weekend he'll get even more publicity but you know, he's just one of thousands and they all have an interesting story, you know, and this shows sort of, I feel like shows how great the running world is. You know, I'm sure if you're into ping pong, you think the ping pong world is great as well, but running, it's pretty universal. If you've trained, you've done it, you're, you've experienced on a lesser level what, what these guys and gals are doing. And I don't know. Hopefully some of you guys are waking up at 3 a.m. Eastern time for Sunday's Berlin Marathon. John, we, we haven't we haven't decided, uh, you know, if we're all waking up, who's covering the race this weekend. I'm doing it. I'll, I want to I watch. I'm going to do it. I almost always do. just relocated to New York. I'm getting married in a month, so I moved into the apartment with my fiancé. So I, I, I may, a lot of times if I'm tired, I'll wake up and watch the second half. But do you have any parting comments, John? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I just think, it, yeah, Sunday is one of those. I know that people in the U.S. will have to get up obnoxiously early or maybe stay up obnoxiously late. But I think it's one of those great days to be a running fan. You know, people, a lot of fit people are getting together and trying to run really fast. And it's going to be exciting to see who blows up, who can hold on, who gets what time, all that sort of stuff. I think it's just that's one of the reasons, one of the things that makes our sport great. The Berlin Marathon is live on NBCSN in the United States. So if you have a DVR or can see, or the NBC Gold package, <laughs> you can watch, You don't have to wake up. You can watch it without knowing the results. But if you do that, you'll have to stay off let'srun.com for first part of the morning. So we'll forgive you if you do that. But until then, this is Weldon Johnson signing off. John, thanks for joining us. Thank you.